When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On Texas Football. In this edition, uh, weekly edition, we're going to talk with uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, On3 national recruiting analyst, inside Texas recruiting analyst, uh, and long-term Texas high school football observer, and uh, as well as a, a good friend of mine through the years, uh, 20, 20 plus years and in, in counting now. Um, we are going to talk about the, the recruiting weekend that the Longhorns had, a lot of big players on campus, big names. Uh, including five or six official visitors, I believe, or, or I can't remember whether the tight end was an official visitor. Or unofficial. Not. Unofficial. Okay, so five official visitors, one official, unofficial visit of a player committed elsewhere, and then obviously Arch Manning and a host of other guys on campus this weekend uh, in, uh, in Austin. Uh, and Jerry actually was there uh, at, the, uh, at, at DKR on Saturday. Uh, and watch the guys come in, interviewed and talked to a few of them uh, and also talked to, to some of them afterwards. Jerry, uh, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Uh, you know, let's uh, without wasting any time, let's get into it. Texas had five official visitors then and also had Jalil Skinner in the tight end from IMG that's committed to Bama. Arch Manning was in town. Evan Stewart, the wide receiver from Frisco. Uh, the li- a number of 2023s, John T. Cook, right. the wide receiver. So, and the list goes on and on and on, right? But let's just try to boil it down so that we don't waste a bunch of time for people and talk about the five official visitors first, starting with the two offensive linemen, Malik Ogbo and Ernest Green. Uh, how did their visits go now that we know they were in town and all that stuff? What, what have you heard on that? Yeah, spoke with a, a couple of uh, sources on the West Coast. Um, Malik Agbo, I think, very, very good visit for Texas. I think the overall atmosphere at the University of Texas, um, you know, the university, the, the football game day experience, uh, just at the city of Austin, everything that comes with University of Texas football, I think, was very impressive to Ogbo. Uh, and I think that's one thing for him. He's looking for that big-time college football experience, right? I mean, you can kind of tell that with his recruitment. Um, he's still got visits to Auburn and Florida scheduled. Could Arizona State replace one of those? They're trying. We'll see. Uh, but he had already visited Miami. Uh, he visited Oklahoma uh, previously. But, you know, this is a kid that, you know, he didn't have Texas in his top five when he, when he dropped this top five. Kyle Flood and the staff kept staying on him, uh, worked to get him to campus. And, and I think that proved to be very, very good work by the Texas staff because it's a, everything about the University of Texas uh, and the football program. And academically, he was there with his mom. And he's a kid who was walking around with a smile all day. I saw him before the game. They were kind of taking him through the Hall of Fame in the north end zone. And you could tell he was he was blown away by that experience, uh, just learning about the history of Texas football. He's a bright kid, but, you know, Bobby's 17 years old, 18 years old. When you come on campus, you're going to learn a lot of things. And uh, But I think he was really just kind of blown away by the whole experience. How big – it remind people – he's from Seattle, first of all, uh, Seattle area. How big is he? 
Yeah, he's 6'5", six, 6'5 five, six, five and a quarter, probably 320, 325. He goes to Todd Beamer High in Federal Way, Washington. It's just um, south of so, Seattle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A big long arm kid. You know, he's got all the he's got all the measurable 79, 80 inch wingspan, big hands. You know, he's he's got all of that to him. I think the big question with him is is he gonna play guard or tackle at the next level? I tend to think he's gonna play guard. Yeah. So uh real quick, all those teams you mentioned, and this this is something that that Texas needs to use more in out-of-state recruiting of all those other schools you're talking about. Arizona State would be the only other one that has a direct flight. Yeah. Um, you, to, you know, Austin, Seattle has direct flight. There is no direct flight to Auburn, Alabama right. or Gainesville, Florida. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so just keep that in mind. In Arizona State, you know, they lost a big one this week, past week to Utah as well. So they're not. They've got some issues. Who knows yeah, and they've got other issues. So they, this could be one that the Longhorns kind of, you know, figure out a way, right? Uh, so it's definitely one we're keeping an eye on. And I, I kind of, it's interesting. I noticed in all the pictures you guys took while you were there, he always had a smile. Absolutely. It was, it, it was really interesting. I mean, if you had a, if you, if a picture set, says a thousand words or whatever, I mean, he literally, he, he may just be a nice, happy-go-lucky kid too, but. Well, I was going to say that's part of his personality. You know, he's a kid that'll go play seven on seven and just have fun doing it. You know, as the offensive lineman out there, I think that's kind of, the way he goes about life. Um, but still, I mean, you still got to read body language, Bobby. I mean, sometimes that's what we get when you yes. see these kids in person on these visits. If you don't talk, if you can't talk to them while they're on campus, you got to read the body language. You just kind of got to be observant. And that's a kid that uh, was having a good time. So we'll, we'll, we'll check in on him. Ernest Green, the big young man from uh, another offensive lineman. And we are focusing on offensive linemen on purpose here uh, based on, on what we saw last Saturday. So Ernest Green from uh, California. Yeah, St. John Bosco at a bellflower. Got in Saturday morning. Now, he's one of the very, very best guards in America. I mean, look, when Ohio State, Georgia, everybody wants you, you're on that level. Um, and, you know, I he was Ohio State lean early in this process. I think Georgia vaulted to the lead after the September 11th visit. Uh, spoke with somebody out west yesterday um, it, it, that recruits out west, and, and they thought Texas did very well um, in, in that recruitment. And that is probably running second, a close second to Georgia. I mean, look, proximity is what you sell, right? Early playing time, proximity. You can come in here and battle for a starting spot, and you're a lot closer to home than Athens, Georgia. Now we'll see what happens because Georgia's number one in America, right? And, I, you know, is this the year they finally break through? It should be. We'll see if uh, Kirby Smart gets it done. Um, but, yeah, I think Texas did very well. You know, look, there's – Sarkeesian has so many ties out to the West Coast, one. And, Bobby, you know this, doing this longer than I have. Kids from that area of California, they see Austin very as a home type of feel to those kids. So kids are always comfortable when they come on campus in Austin uh, that are from that Southern California area. And Ernest Green was no different from what we were told. Uh, yeah, and I think that, uh, again, that, you know, he is a – This we talk about – me and you are, are one of the – two of the people in this business, we talk about elite recruits, right? Uh, there's a difference between good and great. And, right. and Ernest Green fits that mold is my understanding. If you consider him the best guard in the country, um, you know, is he a top 50 prospect in the country right now? Uh, he's not. He's one, number 131, but we have him lower than some other people. But, you know, look, whether he's 131 or he's 75, I mean, he's a top three or four guard in the country in this class. And he's a guy that is wanted by – 
you know, many, many of the top programs in the country. So that makes him elite at his position. Yeah, I, I think that 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 in and of itself is something that we need to focus on more as a, as as reporters uh, going forward, because I think as you watch an Oklahoma State uh, beat Texas with a, a host of three stars, really, that have been coached up nine seniors on defense and including some super seniors. Uh, that's something that we as an as a industry need to pay more attention yeah. to. Uh, quickly, though, I, I don't want to just, uh, you know, belabor the, the offensive line piece because those are two big pieces. Um, the other three guys that were in, two of them were um, two of them were safeties, one from California, one from Louisiana. And then there was a big defensive lineman, Quincy Wiggins. Let's start with Quincy because he's out of Baton Rouge and someone I know you really, really like a lot. Yep, I was at uh, Madison Prep last week, uh, spoke with somebody uh, very close to Quincy po- following the visit. And Florida had set a high bar. Um, and Quincy, on that Florida visit, he felt very comfortable with the players uh, at Florida, defensive line guys he was hanging around with and kind of stayed in contact with from a June unofficial visit through that official visit time. So Florida had that going for them. Um, and, and they felt he, he felt a good connection with the D-line clo- coach at Florida. I think Texas exceeded Florida in every area except maybe those player relationships because he's had those longer from talking to uh, somebody very close with Quincy. Uh, you know, I, there's a couple of people close to Quincy, one that's from the Austin area um, and, and has family in the Austin area. So I think that all factors in. I think Quincy sees an opportunity. While I do think he needs developmental time, Bobby, I think he's a kid He's a kid who's a year and a half into high school football. But still, the kid sees an opportunity to compete early if he brings it. You know, if he comes and really gets after it and brings it, um, he sees an opportunity there. I think they have, they have a really good relationship with Bo Davis. Um, I think Bo's obviously really good at recruiting uh, his position. And when you get into Louisiana, Mississippi, that, that area he's from, um, obviously he played at LSU. Um, so there's a lot of stuff there uh, in Texas favor. There's four coaches on this staff that have ties in Louisiana and they use them all in recruiting Terry Joseph, Brandon Harris, Hankton and Bo Davis. So there's a lot of people that know people around Quincy Wiggins and have for years. Um, So I think Quincy is right now is Texas, Florida's right there, but here's the question with his recruitment. He's going to Alabama on an unofficial November 6th when they play LSU. Does Alabama make that roll out the red carpet and make a push for him in November and December? And then the big one's what happens at LSU with the new coach. I mean, obviously it's going to be announced pretty quick. Um, Woodward has very been very smart about this process, but it still has to be the right hire for these kids. I mean, being down in Louisiana last week, Bobby, it was interesting that they were like, oh, it just doesn't matter that you hire a new head coach. What, how, who is the D-line coach going to be? Who is the, uh, the D-coordinator going to be? How does this head coach relate to us? I mean, those things are going to matter. It's not hire a new coach, flashy new car, and kids are automatically going to go there. I think those days are over. I think they'll get – whoever they hire, it's going to be a good hire, obviously. But it doesn't guarantee those kids are going to go there. There still has to be a fit at the D-line coach and D-coordinator and then that first meeting with the head coach. But Wiggins is a kid that I've had penciled to go to LSU if all things are equal. So we'll see. So your bottom line on him is Texas is involved along with Florida – yeah. Uh, but really, Alabama's got an unofficial coming, and then and then LSU is the wild card, but a you know an ace wild card, so to speak. Yes. I mean, it, it's as good yeah. as good. Um, all right, 
How, how big is he again? Remember, remind me how big. Six, that was- six, six, 270 with an 85 inch wingspan and 11 inch hands. I mean, his hands have been a measured 11 inches at a camp this summer. Just a massive dude. I mean, like we're talking about and Bobby and I walked away thinking, you know, if he dedicated, if he said tomorrow, I want to be a, a left tackle, he might be a top three pick in the draft, but he wants to be a defensive lineman. And he's very talented athletically. Look, he's a kid who came off the hardwood to the football field and has taken to it. And now he's just got to develop. He's just got to develop. He's got to develop pass rush moves, right? He's got to learn how to play in his hips. And uh, But I think he plays with pretty good eyes for a young kid. It's just good. developing the rest of it. And he's got a lot of gifts. All right, the two safeties. Uh, yeah. Let's start with Jacoby Matthews yeah. because the people know him a little bit better. He's He's been a name that has been around a little bit longer. Right. Young man out of Ponchatoula. They're off of I-3. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Matthews, I was at the uh, Ponchatoula last week, uh, watched a little bit of practice, spoke with Hank Tierney, the legendary coach who should go over 300 wins this year, uh, the way they're playing for his career. And I'll start first with this on Jacoby Matthews, for those that don't know how talented he is. We have him 42 in the country, probably a little low after talking to Coach Tierney, honestly. He was like, best athlete I've ever coached. And I kind of looked at him, I was like, what? And I was like, he's like, best athlete I've ever coached. And he's coached like six, seven NFL guys. Now, Torrey James, um, you know, when you go down the list, the Joseph brothers, um, Vance Joseph, head coach in the NFL, all these guys played for him. And, um, you know, Ryan Clark, obviously on ESPN, played for him. Um, But he said, the best athlete I've ever coached. Now, so that tells you a little bit about the guy. And he thinks he's a safety because there's some questions. Is he safety? Is he a linebacker? He thinks he's a safety. He thinks athletically and instinctively he's got it. He's six one and a half, two hundred five. Um, he said he would run into four fives. He said if you tested him, uh, but he said he plays with instincts. He said he plays fast. But so he's been in Texas A and M lean after the LSU decommitment. Um, now somebody at Ponchatoula said, "Look, if all things are equal at LSU, kind of like Wiggins, he said that's where the kid was going. So we'll have to see how that plays out, right?" But this recruitment's about to get very interesting because AM thought they had it for a while. Uh, Terry Joseph's connection playing for Tyranny kept Texas in it and got him to this official visit. He didn't get in until Saturday. Um, you know, he had a game Friday night, a little bit late getting in. But he goes to Georgia next month, and he's got Florida the first week in December, who was his, probably his favorite outside of LSU beginning this process. Then he's got Alabama December 12th. And so Alabama gets that late last visit unless the new LSU coach can replace it. So I think this is one that Texas has felt good about where they stand, but I think it's a longer shot. I mean, look, we've been surprised in this business many times. I would be surprised if Jacoby Matthews signs with Texas. I'm not saying that there's no chance, but I would be surprised at this point. Um, The other safety was Larry Turner, good in in town. You know, he's coming off injury. uh, He's out for the year, plays at Bishop Alamany uh, out of Mission Hills. He's a kid who's been on the radar a long time out West. He's, you know, he's 5'10 and a half, 5'11, 180. You know, there's more physically imposing safeties out there, but he's got long arms. He's really good with the with the ball after the catch. You, you see his agility, and obviously he, he'll bring the hat. Um, you know, he's a kid who was at Penn State for the Auburn game. So that atmosphere, you know, you're not beating that. Whoever gets him on campus, you are not beating that atmosphere that night he was at. Uh, Penn State, you know, I exchanged some messages with uh, Larry Turner, good and post visit. And 
he really enjoyed or talked to him after his June unofficial. He really enjoyed Texas. I, I think like we say about these Southern California kids, there's a comfort level when they go to Austin and are at the University of Texas. And then having Steve Sarkeesian on that staff, some other West Coast guys on that staff felt very comfortable with those guys around the staff. You know, he's hosted by Chris Adamore, which I thought was interesting because Adamore lost his starting spot with the staff. But he's a kid who's from Fresno, California, and I just I thought that was interesting that he hosted Adamora on the visit. Uh, but you know, this is a kid that Texas has been has has had targeted since the staff got to Austin and the staff was constructed. And knowing how much Sarkeesian wants to recruit out west, um, he's got visits coming probably to Colorado and Maryland, which are two new schools on his list. You know that senior injury. He's got a, a Arizona State in November. We'll see where they kind of fall in the mix there at the end of the day. But let's see who USC hires. I mean, could USC make a push because they want to try to keep all these kids close to home in this class? I mean, they're going to, whoever's hired at USC is going to make a push for Ernest Green. We know that. Are they going to push for some of these guys that are maybe edge pro, on the edge prospects for them? Uh, but I think this recruitment's pretty wide open, but I do think that Texas has a very good shot. I felt like, I mean, I watched some film. I watched, I re- went and rewatched film on all these guys. You and I were, texting back and forth a little bit last night about some of it. Um, I went and rewatched film on these guys. I liked Larry Turner Gooden for this defense. Yeah. I think he's a uh, big time fit for Texas. He's a right. cover safety that doesn't mind playing up in deep space uh, as, as well as coming up a little bit. And I think he has some instinct in, in coverage that I think he's a really real, I, I think that whoever evaluated him for Texas I think did a good job staying on him for Texas. Right. And, and I think Washington was on him. I think that that's that fit in the scheme you're talking about. Washington has been recruiting that kid for over a year. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I, I, I think that of, of those guys, that's what I'm saying. All right, so that, those are the guys that are on official visits. Uh, let's go down into some other things. But before we even get to the Arch Manning sweepstakes... <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about a new offer that came in yesterday, and that's Devin Brown, the quarterback, uh, 2022 quarterback uh, out of Utah that's currently committed to USC. Uh, This would be in addition to Malik Murphy, correct? If Texas were to be able to grab him. Correct. And and, uh, myself and Chad Simmons uh, spoke with uh, um, Devin on Sunday when the news came out that he was going to make an official visit to Texas November 13th. And that's tentatively scheduled. I think he, Devin was like, well, they haven't offered me yet, but that's what we're talking about. Well, boom, the offer came yesterday and Texas is scheduled to watch him throw uh, this week. Uh, You know, look, Devin Brown, he was one of the most impressive quarterbacks to me at Elite 11 uh, this summer. And look, Elite 11 is what it is, right? It's not an end-all be-all, but what it does is helps you check boxes, right? It's like anything else. It's just when you go out and see guys in person, but Dev, first of all, for the people that are not familiar with Devin, and a lot of Texas fans will not be, and they're going to try to familiarize themselves with him. He is a really good athlete. I'm not, he's not a 
fast athlete, but he is a really agile, good athlete. I think he runs 4'8", right? He's 6'3", 190. He's grown an inch and a half, gained 20 pounds in the last year and a half. He's a late developer physically. Good basketball player. That feet and agility show up in basketball. He's played his last two years at Queen Creek in Arizona, transferred to Corner Canyon as a senior, and obviously he's 40 touchdowns. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a gunslinger now. He's not scared to take some chances with the football, uh, but he's a confident kid. He's got a quick arm. And look, I mean, you look at the guys, Graham Harrell um, has evaluated in that class. I mean, Keaton Slovis wasn't a highly ranked kid when he took his commitment, right? And he's a good player. He's not a great player, but he's a good player. He'll have a, he'll have a chance to make some money playing football. Jackson Dart last year, Graham Harrell took uh, maybe had the best senior year on the football field uh, at quarterback we've seen. Maybe Kyler Murray could argue that one. Uh, and then Jackson Dart looked like a star in his first game at USC. Um, then he had in the injury. Now he's supposed to be back in Notre Dame. My point to that is Graham Harrell's been pretty good at evaluating quarterbacks that weren't highly nationally recruited early or late. And Devin Brown was a guy he went on early over some guys in that state, Malik Murphy and some other guys in the state of California, he handpicked Devin Brown. And when you see Devin Brown in person, you see why he's got a quick arm. He's athletic. He can play on the move. He can play in the pocket. He has that reactive body quickness. We always talk about Bobby. His recruitment will be very interesting. He went to Ole Miss October 9th, obviously great offensive fit, right? Lane Kiffin has a lot to sell. Jeff Levy has a lot to sell. And he said he's talked with Levy more than Kiffin uh, to this point. Ohio State is trying to get a visit, which I think is very interesting, right? I mean, you have C.J. Stroud, you have McCoy, and then you have uh, Quinn Ewers on campus already. But they offered September 12th. They're working on a visit there. Um, UCLA is trying to get in the picture, too. They're hanging around, I think, and we'll see what happens with USC. Obviously, you figure if the new staff comes in and Harold's not a part of it, you know, I, I, you don't see Brown going there. He's working on being a December graduate as well. So I think he's looking for a spot he can come in and feels like he can compete. And Ole Miss losing Matt Corral, that's going to be possible there. Um, Texas, look, nobody – look, they've had decent quarterback play, but nobody's scaring anybody off at this point, that's for sure. So you can see that opportunity there. And I think that's what PP school those schools have going for them against USC, even if Graham Harrell stays. Jackson darts your starter the next two years probably next two and a half at USC. So there's other opportunities at other places. And it's just interesting. He flies down to Arizona back home. Then he goes back to Corner Canyon to play. So he's a kid who um, is, is looking for the best opportunity for himself. And that's proven out in that senior year move in which his family stayed in Arizona and he's at Corner Canyon. So he has a lot of respect for Steve Sarkeesian uh, as an offensive mind, as a quarterback devel developer. And that's why Texas has a legit chance. So you, you would describe this right now as Texas with a legit chance, but no real feel for what that that really looks like yet until he gets to know Sark and, and uh, A.J. Milwee and those guys a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, and I think he's got to get to campus, right, and see how the fit is and uh, really dig in a little bit more on, on Texas um, than just the Steve Sarkeesian and the opportunity part in the University of Texas football part. I think he's got to dig in, you know, he's been the Ole Miss. So he knows that situation much better right now. Being there, his family made that trip with him. Um, so, you know, the one thing I think Texas has, it will have going for him if they're, if they're, if they stay in this mix is look that you talked about earlier, Phoenix to Austin, pretty easy, pretty easy flight to jump on for parents. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I tell you that's that you recruit West coast and Austin is one of the, um, only direct flights you can get 
from yeah. just about anywhere. I, I think that 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 actually is a big issue for guys. I mean, it could be a big issue for a guy like Lander Barton too, out of Utah. Um, you know, you just you never know. I know. By the way, you watch him. You like Lander. Lander's very talented kid. Yeah, I, I, I watched him this week. At, that was one of the guys I looked at, and I thought he was a player. Um, yeah. All right, other guys that were on campus though, uh, Arch Manning sweepstakes. I, I want you to kind of be brief here because we yeah. have talked about him ad nauseum, not for, you know, other than, Hey, what do you have to say about him that you think you need to say right. based on what you've learned in the last 48 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to read a, a little text, not show anybody. I got a text late last night at 1041. Loved it. Awesome visit. That was from uh, a connection I made out in new Orleans uh, last week. Uh, so again, somebody else that probably has, has talked to Arch since he got back. And I think all the returns have been very positive. Look, I think Texas and Georgia, there's a real fit there as a student, right? Before you get to the athlete part, there's a real fit as a student at the University of Texas and, and in Athens at the University of Georgia. So I think that is naturally putting those two schools in a great spot right now because I do think the Mannings, everybody says, well, quarterback royalty, but I think they look at this very mature, right, in their whole process, everything they do. Um, and, and so if you say, okay, Arch feels like he's a really good fit at the University of Texas. Okay, so what is it going to take to beat Georgia if that's the competition? Now, he'll be at Ole Miss this weekend when they retire Eli's jersey. scheduled to be at Clemson October 30th. Um, but what does Texas have to do to beat Georgia if it's Georgia and then Alabama third? Well, Steve Sarkeesian, offensive mind, right? Quarterback developer. Uh, there's some similarities with David Cutcliffe there. I mean, there really are from a recruiting standpoint. And you know the Cut family from past recruitments is very comfortable in those scenarios because it's all about quarterback development and offensive scheme from a football standpoint, not going to the 12-0 and program necessarily. Uh, but Georgia, now the Georgia's going to sell. We're, hey, we're in a better spot right now. We got better players. We got off. We got four NFL offensive linemen every year coming through our program. Um, so that that's the uh, that's what Texas I think is going to have to fight on this. But hey, look, Kirby Smart's a defensive-minded head coach. Bobby, will that matter at the end of the day when it comes down to it? I guess we'll, we'll, we'll we should find out soon. It could go to February. It could be earlier. We'll, we'll, we'll see how things play out here. Yeah, I think that if he goes to Texas, the issue is this. I mean, he knows what kind of offense he's going to be running for the next two, three years. No that's matter. right. Uh, I that's mean, right. that that's just the bottom line, whereas Todd Munkin may take the Washington State job yeah. next week, and right. he's the offense coordinator. All of a sudden, he's looking at a new offense coordinator square in the mouth. Yeah. Or, you know, and so I think that that is a very real um, scenario whereby Texas has to um, – stick to its guns and where the, the Manning family has to, you know, and, and Arch has to think about it in that regard for Texas to come out on top in some ways. At the same time, Texas is closer to, to New Orleans than New Orleans is to Athens. I mean, uh, again, it's a direct flight to Austin compared to, you know, going to Atlanta and then driving north an hour. I mean, there's just all kinds of different things uh, for out-of-state players. Um, that's interesting about what you said about the text you got. Uh, other guys that were on campus, uh, Evan Stewart, the uh, top wide receiver in the class of 2022. Yeah, I mean, look, Evan's always tough uh, to get a read on. Um, he is very savvy with his social media, very savvy kid and in, in general, is a street smart kid um, in recruiting. 
look, Florida was in a good spot this summer. We've talked about this before. I think Texas was trending in recent weeks. Obviously, seeing Alex Xavier Worthy has been used, not just his production, but how he's produced it as a freshman at Texas. Right out of the gates, impressive uh, to any wide receiver, especially a kid who's up close and gets to see it. Um, I think Xavier Worthy is trying to do some work in that recruitment. Um, look, Evan's going to schedule to be at AM this weekend. Now, you look, it's going to be a, this recruitment's never was never going to not be a bumpy ride. I mean, Evan's very savvy. He's very smart. Um, he's, and I say that in a positive way, by the way. That's not a negative. I mean, it's a positive. I mean, he, he is, uh, he, he is very, very social media smart and he's just in the way he goes about this stuff um, and look at and beat alabama the kids should take a look there let's be real i mean this these are uh that that's a huge win in recruiting um and, and especially if you know you're waiting to see what happens at lsu george had been trying to get him on campus you know it, he lsu was a school he liked in the summer but then backed off right He's scheduled to be at Alabama November 6th. I'm very interested to see if he follows through and takes that visit. Um, if he doesn't, then it's really going to come down to Florida versus the schools close to home. Yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I just don't see someone that is like Evan Stewart in an A&M offense where they kind of – they don't really go over the top. Even though they have personnel, I mean, DeMond Demas can go over the top as, as well as anybody, and they just don't – they don't do it that much. Um yeah. Uh, Jimbo likes the the ball control stuff and and grind it out. Um, and then, you know, of the group that you're talking about, I mean, George is the same way right now. I mean, they, they grind it out. And Florida is more of this uh, Dan Mullen type. I don't even know how to explain. He just leans on whoever his best player is at whatever position, right? right? But my point being is that the only two offenses that I think that he's looking at that really fit him currently the best are Texas and Alabama. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree with that. At the same time, you know, Alabama's a defensive head coach and churned through a bunch of offensive coordinators. So, again, you're looking at this, uh, you know, revolving door. And so I, I think that if Texas just stays in there and keeps preaching the same things and, and shows what they're doing with Xavier Worthy and, and other receivers, then I think that, that the Longhorns are going to have a real shot. Um, I don't want to be too long on this. Uh, but I do. You were there on at DKR on Saturday. I want you know who should, if all, of all those recruits that you saw on Saturday, who should be the first off the bus? Ooh, um, Ernest Green's a good-looking kid. Um, <laughs> you know, we haven't mentioned Jaleel Skinner. What he's going to look like in three years is going to be six five, two forty, and just totally a ripped-up dude and a very athletic-looking guy. And I still, by the way, I, I think Alabama's pretty good there. I mean, okay. credit to Jeff Banks yeah. for staying on that with the dad and getting the kid to follow through and come to campus. Uh, and, and look, you just stay in there. You stay in there until a letter of intent signed on the five-star, high four-star difference maker guys that you feel like are, are what you don't have in your program right now. So credit him for staying in there. Um, you know, you, you look at the young kid, young D lineman at Melissa is a good looking kid physically. Uh, but I'm not Quincy Wiggins is the guy though. I mean, if we're talking about the, whoa, when he walks up, it's Quincy Wiggins, right? I mean, there aren't many guys, six, six, two seventy. Uh, with, uh, you know, 11-inch hands and 85-inch wingspans uh, on the planet, right? Um, hey. So when that guy walks up, and that's before a college weight program. This is a guy that's played basketball the majority of his life. So this is pre-strength and conditioning, nutritionist. I mean, that, he's going to be scary. So same high school, right? He's same high school as Malcolm Roach, right? Malcolm Roach, Roach was, was at the game Saturday. Obviously, Malcolm Roach's father 
uh, used to coach at Madison Prep, but I don't think that really impacts this recruitment. I think Wiggins is going to make the decision that's best for him. Um, and, and look, he, he, the basketball coach there who he's really close with, Coach Jones, knows Texas, knows Austin well. I mean, I'll tell you a quick one. Why? One of the things that he likes about Texas is being a head basketball coach um, and having Quincy all those years. Chris Beard played at LSU last year, I believe. He took his Texas Tech team to Madison Prep to practice. And the only college coach that's ever done that, that's played at LSU. So, again, maybe that's why Chris Beard's really good at what he does, but it made an impression on Coach Jones. And yep. Coach Jones is from the Austin area. So, there, that's a little, a little extra nugget in that recruitment. Coach Jones did – he did uh, – he did uh, get to talk with the basketball staff last weekend. <laughs> gotcha. That's good. So it was That's a great good. visit for Coach Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you hope things like that. Uh, uh, you never know when uh, connections are going to help long term, right. right? And so um, I guess my next, my, my final question really would be, um, where does Texas go next right now? Are they waiting for that next domino to fall? Is that next domino someone as big as Arch Manning? Is it, are, are they, I know the coach is going to be out on the road. You mentioned they're going to go see Devin Brown. Any other people they're going to see this week that you're aware of yet? Yeah, they'll be in Louisiana and in Mississippi, um, making sure they're shoring up on those guys, the Aaron Bryant, who you know Ole Miss won't give up on, and they shouldn't give up on. And the kids in Louisiana tap. I, I think Alabama was at Tap's game last week or by the school after I was. So um, Tap's tentatively scheduled to be at Alabama on the December 12th. So that could be a kid that Alabama – isn't the, the people that cover Alabama aren't talking about a lot right now, but Nick may see in a different light. If he's coming in December 12th, we'll have to see. So I think that's the main thing is trying to make sure all your guys that are committed through this, these couple of tough losses here uh, remain solidly committed and make sure you're giving them the attention they need while going out and evaluating uh, the 2023s and, and what's left in 2022. Uh, so I think these, this staff is going to be out and about, uh, obviously, around the country this week. But I think we'll, we'll see some heavy uh, representation in Louisiana and then uh, up in the Mississippi uh, to see Aaron Bryant and, and, and seeing some of these guys that are committed. I had a question for you. I, I just remembered Aaron, uh, Anthony Jones was also in town, right? Yes. Anthony how, did he, how, did, yeah, how did he look on the hoof? You know, he's, he's a good looking kid. You know, he's six, three and a half, maybe 240, 245. He doesn't have the longest arms in the world for, for, for that type of, for that frame. Uh, but he, he looks good. I mean, he doesn't have bad weight on him at all. I think what's interesting about uh, um, Jones and, and you were, were texting about this last night is, you know, what is his best fit at the next level? The people close to him were kind of pushing Miami to play tight end in his recruitment. Uh, he obviously wanted to play defense. He was committed to uh, Washington. Kwiatkowski backed off of that. Now, obviously, he's committed to Texas to play defense. Uh, but I think it's interesting to see what is his, his, is his best fit long term. The people that have been around him the longest tried to push him to play tight end, but he didn't have any interest in that at the time. Got it. That's interesting. I mean, I, I felt like he was, a, a, you know, from the again, just from the photos that you, that y'all posted online and stuff at Inside Texas, that that was uh, he was one of the guys I thought looked pretty good. Yeah. All right, Jerry, um, uh, thanks for joining us uh, today. I appreciate it, man. As always, it's always good to talk to you. Uh, just a reminder for for people out there: if you enjoy listening to this recruiting talk, Jerry and I do it at least once a week, um, and uh, we uh, do it here on YouTube uh, on Texas Football. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you get a chance. It's free and easy. All you have to do is click the red button. Uh, furthermore. 
Jerry and I every day are on InsideTexas.com trying to uh, bring you the best information and news possible. Uh, And that is a a paid subscription. And we have a running special right now that I think is 50% off for the regular price, uh, trying to encourage new people to, to join us. Uh, where they can get the, the best information from guys like Eric Nalin, Paul Wadlington, uh, Ian Boyd, Joe Cook, Justin Wells, Hudson Standish, uh, myself, and, and Jerry as well. So, Jerry, thanks for your time today, bud. Uh, you Are you on the road at all this week? I'm, I'm not I'm not on the road. I'm going to be in Houston uh, after we got we got a bunch of ranking stuff. Charles Power and myself are finishing up uh, yesterday and today. I'm going to get out and see. I think I'm going to go see Ryan Niblett. This week, oh, the, I liked him. Yeah, uh, Bobby, I'm a huge fan of his. I made a couple of calls on that one as well. Um, I think people are going to be shocked where we have him ranked nationally. I'll say yeah, I, I think he was tremendous. I, I told you whenever I saw that offer and I went and looked at his film, I was like, dude, this guy catches everything in motion. I'm like he's. It, it, yeah, and, and there's a play on his highlight tape, and I'm not going to name the prospect, but another kid that's going to be a top 150 type kid in the country for us. He picked off a pass against this kid, and this kid's a good athlete. I saw him in August, and he ran away from this kid. This kid thought he had an angle, and I think that's the thing with Nibble. I, I, I think he is fast with a football in his hands, and you know he just raced by a kid that ran 10.99 last spring. So, I mean, I think the 10.75 range is probably legit for him, but I think the other thing, he's got really good agility. He, he can make people miss after the first the first guy miss after the catch, and I'll tell you this, he could be just as good a corner if you really dig in on his tape. He's a pretty talented kid. Yeah, I, it, it's very interesting because uh, we've bemoaned the fact that Texas hasn't offered some kids early enough. This is a guy that Texas went early on. Right. Hopefully that translates long-term to, to more favorable – early starts in Texas for Texas and recruiting big name players. And-, and, and, and I'll make a prediction that when all said and done, barring a major injury or something, he's going to be ranked higher than a lot of these wide receivers that were early. Interesting. All right. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much, Jerry. You have a good one today, bud. All right. Talk to all you right, soon. Take care. All right. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.